back. It is episode 68 of the Crochet Circle podcast. I am back after a summer off. Feels really good to be back in front of the camera, knowing that the Crochet Clan is on the other side of this on audio and video. How are y'all doing? I hope you've had really good summers and winters, depending on where you are in the hemisphere. Um, yeah, have you had a good time? Have you been chilling out? I hope so, I really hope so. I'd love to see it's been a bit of a chill here. It has not. We have just been going for it on the house front. Um, with things that we'd planned and things that we hadn't planned. It's kind of, it's all starting to come together. But um, yeah, it's, it's been an interesting couple of months, shall we say. It started with um, us discovering that we had no earth to our electrical system whatsoever so you can imagine that's fun when you find out that you don't have an earth safety system for your electrics and you run a laser cutter out of your house um so that took a bit of um ingenuity to sort out and then the week after we discovered that we had a massive um gas leak so we had to quickly sort that out but we got we got there and it meant I got my new gas hob in more quickly than expected and we did the kitchen more quickly than expected because we got the gas hob so it's all it's all good but um yeah it's been a summer of DIY and bits and pieces of crafting as well it's just it's just been really nice to kind of step back and reassess things a little so I just, I hope you're all really well. It's really nice to be back here and be uh, with you all again. And um, yeah, I've been trying to encourage Pom to come on the podcast today. He was outside looking very scowly and he came in and I thought I'll bribe him with some roast chicken and I gave him the roast chicken and he's literally just bogged off back outside and skulked off into the field because the cows have just moved on to the next field. So that's safe for him to go out there and have a little mooch about out outside of the garden gate but um he might appear you might get a little podcast appearance at some point today or you might just hear the cat flap and then him flying off upstairs to go to his little nest right i, I wish you could see i have piles of stuff around me because so much stuff has been going on there's uh, there's just a load of stuff happening um I managed to get a load of designing done, which is fabulous. And um, the garden has just kaboomed, basically. It's just gone into growth spurt overdrive, and it's been really nice to see what was here rather than just the stuff that I've planted in. And the veggie patches, like, are an absolute jungle, and all the peas have gone, which is quite sad. But I ate peas on a near daily basis throughout the summer, which is lovely. And I think we've got parsnips for our kind of Christmas festive meal coming on and they're looking pretty good. So uh, I'm, ch- I'm chuffed with the summer and how it's all gone. It's good. Right. But what's been going on? What can I report back on? I'm going to start off with um, Stitches for Survival because it's the big massive pile that is right in front of me. Thank you so much to all the people that have sent me panels in so far. Um, it's amazing to have these coming through the post and um, if you want to go and learn more about it I've linked to Stitches for Survival in the show notes and um, 
there's a Facebook group that you can join as well. And people have been making these amazing crocheted and knitted panels. And then my job was going to be to sew them all together, get them up to Glasgow in time, and then um, probably in the first weekend of November, there will be some kind of an exhibition, like a craftivism exhibition, which has been held in Glasgow. Hence why all of this craftivism is being um, put forward. But just so many brilliant panels coming through. Uh, and we've got them in from England, from Scotland, from Wales, from Germany. I think there are a couple that are due to come over from the US, possibly Canada. We've got knitted ones. We've had um, crocheted ones. And people have just put so much time and effort into them. This one from Caroline has got trees and stripes. And they're all meant to be in um, blues and greens. And carry a message or not carry a message. Because you need plainer ones to let the more detailed ones pop. And here's one of those more detailed ones. So this one was by Lorna. And it's seascape um, themed. And she's crocheted on like um, a little starfish and an ammonite. And this amazing um like jellyfish with its little tentacles it's just brilliant so if you're part way through keep on going and um please do get them to me and we'll i'll be able to photograph them all together before i send them off up to glasgow for cop 26 i'm oh, i'm hoping to be there as well that's the other thing to say if my diary aligns i'm hoping to actually uh, be up there in November for whatever it is that we do for the craftivism bit of it and I would love to be there holding up your your panels showing them off so thank you um, if I get this right we've got one in from Lorna, Caroline, Trina, Claudia and Jill so far so thank you for all that and then I've got a couple to add in as well and I will get these stitched together and hopefully we can get this spread across the internet and raise a bit more awareness over climate change. I know that lots of people that have been doing panels locally have been um, hosting events, talking to people about climate change and hopefully really making an impact to um, their local community and getting people talking about the environment and climate change specifically. So it's been a really worthwhile um, thing to be involved in. I've, I've loved it and I know people like um, Tamara who's now based in Bristol has been going all out. Her local group I think are up to about their 40th panel that they've created. They're just, they're hammering it and they're doing amazing. They're doing loads of local events, getting out there, talking to the public. So as much as it's like about the big craftivism piece in Glasgow, it's actually just as much about talking about the environment, talking about climate change. So it's been really nice to be part of this. It feels like a worthy thing to be part of. And these beautiful blanket squares afterwards are going to be exactly that. They're going to be stitched together. And we already have a number of um, kind of refugee organisations that are interested in taking... Um, four squares pulled together to make blankets so they're all going out for reuse afterwards um which is great so nothing will be wasted um so like i say message me if you have a partial panel or you think you're going to be able to knock one out the park before um before the end of september and get it over to me and then i can get them up to glasgow
so proud, so proud of what you're all doing. It's just amazing. I love that I can do a call to action and I love that some of you kind of step up to the plate and want to be able to support that and that's really nice. So thank you for that. Right. Some of you may have noticed, and I'm hoping that it's really obvious on audio, I am sporting a new lovelier microphone. Um, I just got this in and I tested it the other day out in, literally in a field with my niece Darcy and um, it seemed to work really well and I think it's probably hopefully going to make the audio a little bit crisper so we have got new visual for you that's been going on for the last few months and hopefully the audio is now up to scratch as well so I think I'm hoping <laughs> that I've now nailed like the the sound and the visual quality for the podcast for the next couple of years but it's like an ever-evolving thing you're always trying to make things better, use better kit. So hopefully, my fingers are crossed, hopefully that's exactly what you're getting out of this. Um, I really hope so, because I currently have a wire stuffed down my bra, coming up my dress and under the table, so I can't actually move until I've finished recording a podcast, so this had better flame and work. And I'd better not drink too much coffee either. Right, my lovelies. Would you like to see some Final Destination things? Would you like to see and hear about all the things that I've been making? Um, let's start with one of the longest standing whips I think I ever had in my lifetime, which is my Clean Lines Shawl by Anna Nikopinowicz. I finally got this thing finished and it is massive. So this is a mosaic crochet shawl and I've done it in a dark charcoal grey and a chartreuse green kind of yellowy um, colour and it's got three different mosaic panels and it really, if I mean you've heard me talk about this for months now but it took me quite a long time because this is my first ever mosaic crochet um, project that I've ever worked on. It took me quite a long time to get my eye in and work out how I could um, work my way through the pattern chart and for it to make sense and to be able to take it off quickly and it was about halfway through the first panel that I finally went okay that's how I can do it and remember where it is that I am at but I I got there and this thing is an absolute whopper and I love it I really love it um, it uses Einband which is a heavy um, sport weight it's not sport, it's a heavy lace weight um, and uh, it comes from Iceland, it's 100% wool and it's basically like a very lightly twisted roving um, so it's it, it can snap, it didn't snap during this at all because it's got that slight twist in it but it's just like one strand of wool, there's no plying to it at all, it just has got a light twist and so what that means is that this is a lovely, lightweight, but warm as anything shawl. And like I say, it's absolutely massive. It's way beyond my wingspan. And my wingspan is about 1.8 metres. Um, sometimes I like a big shawl and just tucking it and having my jacket around it. And I think that's how this is going to be worn. Um, and it's also one that I will probably use a shawl cuff with because I think it would look really smart. So if you're in need 
of a project that is just going to test you a little bit more, that um, has got some pattern repeat to it, but is like a thinking project, then I recommend this one. You can get it from Ravelry or it was in Inside Crochet and I've added links into the show notes. Um, go and give Anna some love. She's a really amazing designer and she's written quite a few crochet books now as well. And she's just a really nice human being. So um, I would suggest going having a look at this one. Her version is really quite different from mine, her original one that was in the... Um, in the magazine she uses like a tealy blue and um, almost like an oatmeal silver colour and so mine is probably a bit more on the striking end because of the grey and the chartreuse but that was what I wanted look at that mosaic it's beautiful I definitely have more mosaic crochet in me and I'm trying to think about how I could build this into a design because I love the potential that it's got you could just make so many things and if you were doing this with like a whirl or something with a bit of a colour change it would just look amazing and really pop out so not in the very near future but at some point you may see a mosaic crochet design from me so that one is clean lines shawl um it's huge. <laughs> I mean, it's absolutely huge. I'm struggling to fold it. No wonder it took me so long. I mean, that has a lot of crochet in that. It's almost like blanketable. Um, and I used all the right hook sizes that you have in the actual pattern. So if you go to the pattern, I did that. If I get some time, I will try and pull together an Evernote project sheet for this and add it to the show notes but I'm running a little behind time this month um, just because it's just been one of those weeks and um, so I might not get to that but it might be might be there in the future I will try my best if not I will pop details into an Instagram post or something instead so that was clean lines what else do I have um, you may also remember back at Christmas time, one of my presents from Matthew Kins was a Glasgow tapestry, which is part of a, um, a kit. And I finished this off like maybe three or four months ago. I was really quick with this project. I love doing it because you don't really have to follow a pattern. It's just like painted by numbers. You just follow what's on the pre-printed grid squared which suits me no end sometimes when I need something just a little bit that requires less brain power basically and um, so it sat there for ages I finally blocked it during the summer and then I was on a cushion making mission and so I made this into a proper cushion let me show you how that looks um, so I found this really easy cushion um, pattern on youtube actually it's a video tutorial and i'll link to that in case you want a really easy cushion tutorial i find it really simple to use so i'm um it's just like a slip and i've used this lovely tealy blue velvet which is pretty much the same color as my kitchen because all things need to be blue at the moment and um before i made up the slip i basically cut out the square with the same allowance sewed in the um, tapestry and then made it up into the cushion piece itself and it is it's a little bit squiffy it's maybe about half a centimeter out 
I don't care. One of the reasons I love and adore Glasgow is my favourite city in Scotland is because Glasgow is a bit squiffy. It's not pretentious. It doesn't pretend to be something that it's not. It's the most down-to-earth city I think I've ever... It's a bit like Seattle for me. Like, Seattle and Glasgow have got that same sense of humour about them. They don't take themselves too seriously. So the fact that my cushion came out a bit squiffy and it's a Glasgow cushion actually really suits like the context of Glasgow. That's what I love about Glasgow. So um, I'm just, I'm so pleased with this. And this goes on my rocking chair. This is my rocking chair cushion. Matthew has got his TARDIS one, which I know you all love and adore because I always get comments on it. And um, so we both have our own little handmade uh, cushions for the house. Love this. And this is... The tapestry kit is 100% British wool that you use for it, so the quality is really nice. So that got made, and then I also made 50 million other cushions because I had a load of Harris tweed left over from when I had the rocking chairs reupholstered. And I don't want to buy cushions when I can make cushions, so I made loads of these in the Harris Tweed and also in the same teal velvet. So it's starting it's starting to look really good in here. I have to say, we've got an L shape, which is I'm sat in the dining area. Then we've got the kitchen, then we've got the lounge area down there and it's all open plan. So I've got the same color of blue that runs right the way through and I'm trying to stick to the same kind of materials as well. And it's it's starting to pull together. Weekend before last, I sanded down all the oak worktops and I redid them. This weekend, I've just retiled all of the kitchen. That was fun. That took me two and a half days because, you know, I've got quite a precise nature and every tile had to be perfectly lined up. But I'll show you that next time because I haven't grouted it and I want to show you it in its full glory, looking resplendent. But our kitchen looks so different now. It now looks like our kitchen, like the kind of place that we would choose. So like I say, these, um, the cushion I'll link to because if you're new to machine sewing and you are looking for more cushions and you've got scrap fabric, honestly, this is one of the easiest, quickest projects you could do to get to know your sewing machine. And it doesn't take very long. And at the end of it, you actually have something useful that looks good, that is washable and most importantly, does not require a zip because I just think life is maybe a bit too short for zips. I hate zone zips, really hate it. Um, so yeah, 50 bazillion cushions have been made by me this summer. Matthew just kept on seeing them coming out of the sewing machine. He was like, do we, like, do we actually need more cushions? I'm like, yes, we need more cushions. And then another one come out, he was like, can we, can we just stop now? Because all I have to do is move them every time I sit down. I'm like, that's the point of a cushion. <laughs> They're decorative until you need to sit down or you need a snooze, in which case they're useful then. But um, yeah, he just cannot believe how many cushions we have to have in one house. So my next finished object is actually a positivity spiral cowl. And I'm fairly sure that I've showed you this like part way through, maybe not as an own route, but it's using the most amazing yarn, which is by Blue Sky Alpacas. And um, it is a mix that is 50% mulberry silk, 50% uh, 
um, baby alpaca. And I got this when I was over in Munich at a lovely, lovely wool shop called Demersary. Really beautiful shop. If you're ever in Munich, definitely go to Demersary and check them out. And if I have shown you this, then I showed you it when I'd just done it with 50 grams of it so far. And I had two skeins and I couldn't think what else I was going to do with the second skein. So I actually just added it to this and created a deeper cowl. So this is 100 grams and it is just luxurious. I absolutely like this. Probably sounds a bit big headed, blowing my own trumpet because this is my own design. But I love this design. I love doing it. I've made it so many times and you'll all love it. This is my best-selling pattern by a long chalk. Um, if ever I hear um, my email ping with a pattern seal, I can, every time I go, that'll be a positivity spiral. <laughs> um, so I've made it just deep enough that it fits over my head. I cannot tell you how warm this is and how luxurious it feels. It's just, it's so nice and soft. It's beautiful. Um, so I've added a link into the show notes for where you can buy this in the UK. I think this is generally available worldwide, probably in your more high-end yarn shops. The link that I've given to is Tribe Yarns because they're the ones in the UK that I found it in. Um, and if you're after a little treat yarn, I mean, this is luxurious. It was beautiful. It was... I. I didn't realise because I was paying in euros um, what I'd paid for it last time. But apparently it's now £16 per 50 grams. Never normally spend that much money on yarn, but I did. And I love it. And I'm making no excuses about that. But that also feels good because that's another... It's another load of stuff that's out of my stash and into something useful, which is nice. But the colourway that I've used is silver and... It's the metallical range, so obviously a lot of the colours are um, metal-based. And the silver one is just beautiful. They have one called Pewter as well, which has got slightly darker grey flecks in it. That is lovely. Honestly, you would have a jumper out of this and the drape on it would just be incredible. It is beautiful to work with. I mean, a lot of flyaway fibre, so if you're... That could also be cat hair. But if you um, have issues with flyaway fibres, then alpaca maybe is not the fibre for you to use. But so soft, so luxurious. I love it. Um, so that was another one done. Just finished that very recently. And then what else have we got? What else has been finished? Let's have a look. So the other thing that I worked up, and again... This one you've probably seen because I finished it up in January. It is the Positivity, positivity Spiral Hat. Um, this was done as part of the Kickstarter campaign for Murit. So if you were part of the upper end of the reward scheme for the Kickstarter, then you, I think, get a skein of Riverknit's um, yarn and this hat pattern. But... Me being me, I didn't want to just do it in one weight of yarn, so I also worked it up in uh, sport weight yarn, which is generally about 333 metres per 100 grams. And um, this took a little while to work out. Like, I spent, I can't tell you, 
a disproportionate amount of my summer working on this hat. Some patterns just flow off your hook and they're so easy and they just work first time round and they're amazing. This pattern, however, I had grand plans to do it in the four ply, sport weight, DK and add-in weight and it just didn't work. You, the pattern repeat wasn't um, there for the, the heavier weight yarns and it took me forever to work that out. I'm not joking, like this one had to be coaxed out. This was a difficult birth of a second hat pattern, but I got there. And what I really love about it, and I just, I like, I'll, I'll show you the beanie first. I quite like a beanie on me, I suit a beanie. I like it, it suits my head shape. That's what I tend to wear and I don't really find other hat designs and styles that suit me until I made a tam hat style. So a tam hat is like a traditional Scottish style where it sits on your head, goes to the back and then it scoots to one side. And as soon as I put this on, I was like, oh, I can wear a tam style as well. I found another hat that I suit. Yay! Um, and so basically the pattern now gives you the sizes that you need for a beanie hat and also for a tam style hat um, and I love it finally after my very difficult birth with it I finally got it all edited up and off to Alison for the Kickstarter so if you were one of those supporters for um, the Mura Kickstarter that is making its way to you shortly and then as soon as I know that's gone out to the Kickstarter folk I will get this hat out on general published release available for purchasing but the pattern the one pattern comes with beanie style hat and the tam style and i will put photos up in the show notes of um both hats being worn so you can see them on both me and also on my niece darcy because she came and did some modeling for me because she's a good egg um and yeah so they were that was like another finished object but like disproportionate amount of time spent on this. I have a few friends that I was like pinging messages back to on WhatsApp, you know who you are, in sheer frustration because I just could not get this to work. And I don't, I don't know, I think I was having like a mini tizzy fit. Honestly, my brain just was not computing. It is more than possible that I just had too much else going on with the house and bits and pieces and there were just too many things vying for my attention but what should have been a really simple design just totally knocked me for six and then I woke up one morning and my brain just went ding this is how it will work this is what you need to do but honestly up to that point I think I'd spent about three and a half days trying to work out how I could make this hat work and the solution was I cannot tell you how simple the solution was but days had been wasted to get to that point my brain just wasn't things were not aligning in my brain everything was just firing all over the place and then finally it came to me and I was like oh <laughs> that's so simple <laughs> why did I not just take a break put it to one side and come back to it later and I would like to say that was a lesson learned but I know I'll do it again because I just keep on thinking I need to push forward.
what I should have done is probably gone and laying down in our darkened room and given myself space, but never mind. So I have one more finished object to share with you. The one that I finished a couple of months ago, but because um, the sneaky peeks are out, I can finally share with you my design that I did for issue one of Mood magazine. I designed a skirt which is called Laminaria and it uses three heathered shades of Jimison's double knitting wool, which is a Shetland wool. And when I say Shetland, I mean it's grown and spun in Shetland and also it is from Shetland sheep breed. So this is a very Scottish thing and the design was based on the, the seaweed fronds and the colours of beaches on the west coast of Scotland because these are the colours of the beaches on the west coast of Scotland. So there's a dark navy blue with flecks of like a French blue in it and that is a colour called um, Cosmos, which is 1340, um, colour number 1340. And these come in at 75 metres per 25 grams. So although they are down as a double knitting, actually that gives you three, 150, 300 metres per 100 grams. So it's kind of more like a sport weight. The next one down is called Rosewood, and this is just so beautiful. Rosewood is... A real mix of colours, it has a real melange about it. So on first sight it looks bluey and it's got like a dark tealy blue in there but it also has hints of rust and mustard in there too. It's very heathered as a colour and it's beautiful. And when you pair that up with the final one, um, which is called Storm, which is a lighter blue but again with a hint of teal in it, which is every bit as heathered, but the heathering of that comes from a fawn brown and like a, a camel brown as well. And those two together are just beautiful. I've seen a hat, a feral tam hat, knitted up in these two colours and it just, it was the most gorgeous thing. So I decided to pair it with the blue rather than go with a cream. And so Laminaria is a striped skirt with crochet rib at the top. And it's designed to be a pencil skirt, so the sizing is done um, to fit at the waist, at the hips, and underneath your bum and to pull in. Quite often with um, knitted and crocheted skirts, they, you don't get as much shaping coming in through the hips. And that wasn't what I wanted for Laminaria. I wanted it to be really quite fitted and to pull in and to be figure-hugging. Um, so, yeah because that's how I like to wear my skirts. <laughs> and uh, I'm not a big fan of A-line as a, as a skirt form. It doesn't suit me. And I just prefer something that's a bit more figure-hugging. So that's why I made Laminaria that way. And um, I really enjoyed working with this wool. Um, it was a lot of work, I have to say. Like, garments are a lot of work to design the sizing of them. So I have like a newfound appreciation for designers that go for 10 sizes that really go to be size inclusive. It's so much work to be able to do that. And the designers that are doing it, um, yeah, it's a, it's a lot to be able to get there and to be accurate with it as well, um, hopefully. And all of the garments in Murit are over 10 sizes. So... 
it promises to be a really good publication. And hopefully you've all seen all the little sneak peeks of it now and you've seen what's going on. How exciting is it? I'm just... It's looking so good. I'm very, very pleased about it. Um, yeah, so that that is Laminaria, my first real crocheted garment. I think I've got more in me, but maybe in a little while. <laughs> just I just need some easy designs for a little while. I need I need my brain to not have to be too taxed. <laughs> um, I think that's it for finished objects. I mean, that was quite a lot. I have had, like, that is two months worth, so that's why, but that's a lot of finished objects. On to on routes. That is one. I'm just going to show you a couple of project bags because I've gone from, I'm going to finish all the things to then I went to, I'm going to start all the things. So I have uh, a bag that I'm not going to show you because I've only just started it. Another bag design that I'm not going to show you because I've only just started it and a sock design that I've just started I basically started all the things then went into a bit of a tizzy felt like I was overwhelmed by all the things and then paired it right back again so I have bags worth that are just going to be put to one side for a little while until I am ready to come back to them and I've finished some more projects. I don't know what was going on. This is about two weeks ago and I was just like, I don't know what to work on. And basically started all the things. And now I'm really regretting that decision because I've got too many open boxes. There are too many open boxes in my mind. Never mind. It's time to finish some more things then. So en route, a um, couple of things I do want to show you. The first is with this monster-sized, huge, huge, huge ball of wool. This came from Woolinet, and it's actually their rug wool. It's British wool, I believe, and it is huge. It's like a felted roving, and I'm using a 10mm bamboo hook with it. So this is one of my bag designs. This is the one called Swell. And basically it's moved into another iteration. It was going to be, it was actually originally going to be in Jimison's yarn and I was going to felt it. So the bag has evolved a little bit from where it was, but it is going to be a massive oversized kind of market bag. And by market bag, I don't mean, um, like one of the open woven ones that you put your vegetables in. I mean like styled on one of the big French woven market bags that you get with the nice leather handles. That's what this is going to be. So I've literally done the base of it so far and I am about to pull up and start with the height um, and just increasing on the side so I get that nice um, kind of open um, increases on the side of the of the bag. Um, and it's quite quick to work up because obviously it's very chunky yarn. But I'm going to add a little bit of a zhuzh to it because why wouldn't you? And I'm not going to show you how because it, it will be a spoiler for the overall effect of the bag when I've got a, a little bit further on. But I'm going to also be using some linen yarn in it. Um, this is a DK weight 100% Swedish linen that I'm adding that my friend Yael sent to me. Um, she passed to me at Edinburgh Yarn Festival actually a few years back. And it's been sitting there waiting for the perfect project. And the Swell bag is the perfect project. So look at these two colors together. We have the kind of very 
warm buttery cream of the big rug wool against um what is quite a petrol blue it's got a slate kind of a blue to it as well in the linen and those two together are just gorgeous and then they're going to be paired with brown leather handles and you know when you have that vision in your mind of what it is that you want to produce i am so hopeful that i can build that into this design and that i can pull off what i have in my mind all too often you don't quite get there and sometimes not just in my design work but in anything that i'm making i have this really high bar of what it is i think i want to make and sometimes i just i don't quite get there <laughs> i try my hardest and it doesn't quite doesn't quite get to that achievement this one however i'm really hopeful for so i will be working on this over the next um couple of weeks and i will have more to share with you and um, when i get to the other side of the podcast now this should obviously be a really easy design but because this your this wool is not just going to be readily available to everyone i'm going to work up a second version of this pattern obviously why would i like why do one thing when i can do 50 things um but i'm going to work up a version that everybody globally would be able to work up so there is more to this pattern but i want to get at least the first bank design done and sorted first and um, then we'll work up a second version which essentially you'll be able to work from stash yarns so i will come back to you on that one and let you know what is happening with it so this is the second of the four bag designs i started the third one but i really have only put a couple of rows into it the first one is done i have lined them and i'm going to show them to you next month because hopefully I will have them actually um, ready to publish. They'll be tech edited by that point. So bag designs are coming down the line. We're getting there. Um, that's thing number one. As I record, it is Wednesday. It's my dad's birthday tomorrow. Last year on my dad's birthday, I promised him a jumper. He does not have that jumper. And so come his birthday tomorrow he still doesn't have a jumper but i have finally swatched for it for him to um basically be able to make it for him i'm seeing him in two weeks time and he's very specific i don't think he really understands the whole handmade thing um he's very specific about how he wants it to fit on his chest and how tight he wants the collar to be and wah 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 i want this i want that i want this and i'm I sat there thinking that's called shop bought but whatever I will try and please him and his many needs for a jumper so I have swatched I got gauge like when does that ever happen and I got stitch and row gauge that really never happens and um, the wool that I'm using is um, a plotilupi which comes in these plates and it comes from Iceland obviously it's for my dad he's going to want Icelandic wool um, and I'm actually holding them double. And you, the, again, this is a roving yarn. It is not plied. It is very, very friable. So it just literally comes apart in your hands if you pull it, because that's what roving is, basically. 
It's unplied, it's wool that has just been lined up together. So by me adding two of these and, and I'm knitting with them two strands at a time, I'm not putting any twist on it because I don't need to, but there's a lot more strength there already, which means I know that I'm going to be able to create him a warmer, woolier, longer lasting jumper. I have a jumper that I knitted myself with a single strand of this and it's very light and very warm. But I also know that my dad, when he goes to watch Liverpool play at Anfield and when he goes to Iceland, he wants to be able to wear these jumpers so that he doesn't have a jacket on top as well. So he can minimise the layers and he can be cool when he wants to be cool and hot when he wants to be hot. And he it really frustrates him when he has to put on a coat to get out of the car to go and quickly go and do something when he's doing a bit of sightseeing or just nipping in and out to the garage or to go and get food. And these jumpers allow him to just keep one jumper on, keep two layers on basically, and get in and out of the car. And that's why he loves his Icelandic jumpers. So the one that I'm making for him is in um, a mid-blue colour, slightly heathered with bits of grey and a dark grey in there. And um, he's going to love it because I'm going to make sure he loves it. So my plan is to quickly fire up some of this jumper, get it down to the yoke before I see him in a couple of weeks' time. And then I can test it on the fussy little git and make sure it's going to be right for him before I go any further with the jumper. So... My en route so far is a gauge swatch, but I'm going to be able to fire through that quite quickly and make sure that he's happy. I mean, I don't know if that's the way that you can apply it, but he is off to Iceland again for the first time in two years. The last time he was there was when he and I were both there and it will have been two years. Um, he's back there in November. So my plan is, like it's a DK weight jumper, I should be able to fire through that quite quickly. If all goes well and he agrees with the sizing that I've given him, then I might be able to send him a jumper ready for his next trip to Iceland. And then I'm oh, like, I'm never making birthday things again. I don't know how you all do it. Um, people that make Christmas presents and birthday presents for people all year long, you're better than me. I just, no, I'm, I think this is the last one I'm signing up to. Or as I told my dad, Jumpers are a two-year thing. Year one, I buy the yarn. Year two, I will have made you the thing by. Obviously, I've broken that rule already, but he's happy to wait. We're on to quick news beats. Um, the next global hookup is going to be on Saturday the 18th of September at 8pm and Sunday the 19th of September at 9am. It's on Zoom as usual. Um, all the details are in the show notes and I will also pop them up into Mighty Networks too. Um, the next thing to say is that Alison at Murit Magazine is hosting a launch party on the 30th of September. She's just announced it on Instagram today. It's going to be at 6.30 British summertime. And um, yeah, I, I don't know exactly what she's got planned for it other than it's going to be on Zoom. You can sign up for tickets on Eventbrite now. and uh, They're free. It's just so she can get an idea of numbers, basically. Um, so we can make sure that the Zoom account has got enough um, entrance on it to make it work so uh, that's 30th of September at 
30 and um, I suspect she might have all the samples there to be able to show off, possibly. Um, but yeah, come along to the launch party, come and see what she's up to. I will be there, looking forward to it. And I will pop the link to um, all, all of the bits and pieces that she's given up on Instagram so far, so you can go straight to there. But really helpful to do it through Eventbrite so that she has an idea of numbers, basically. Um, and I am going to a yarn show. I'm actually going to two. Um, if anybody's going, I will be at Sweater Weather in two weeks' time, just under two weeks' time, which is based in Farnham. It's a new yarn show. It's run by the same people that do Unravel at Farnham Maltings. They're now doing a second one within the year. And it's going to be on the Friday and the Saturday, which I think is the 10th and 11th. I mean, don't quote me on that. Me and dates, we're not, we're not good partners. Um, so I will be there on the Saturday. Um, lovely to see any of you if you're planning to be there. And I'm also going to the Yarn Deal on the Sunday. Normally I would be there for the whole weekend, but the bunch of us that usually go have decided that it's not the year and we're better off just dipping in and out for the day and um, just making a more chilled event, basically. So that's what we're up to. Um, normally, I would be vending at some of these places, but one of the decisions that I took during the pandemic, or at least I was thinking about during the pandemic, and I used my time out in the summer to really cement, is that I'm not going to vend at shows anymore. Um, I really love doing them, but I was doing kind of 10 to 13 in a year, and it's like a two-week... It's a week's lead up to do a yarn show and in then it's like a week's come down from it. So if I was doing 13 in a year, it's two weeks out of my working life. Um, so that's basically half of my working year taken up with shows. And whilst I love doing them and it was a great way of getting the business name out there. I mean, that's a lot of my time taken up getting out there to shows and maybe my time could be better spent actually getting more designs out, pulling more products together rather than being on this hamster wheel of yarn shows. So what that also does is it frees me up to actually be at the yarn shows, which for me is um, like that's a battery and a creative top up, which you don't, when you vend at yarn shows, you don't really get the chance to go out and have a look because everything is so rushed and it is absolutely shattering. And so I've decided that Focusing on things that top my creative and energy batteries up are going to be much better for me in the long run than focusing on things that deplete my batteries. And that's like that's going to be quite a big thing for me this year is do the things that really matter to you rather than the things that you think you should be doing. So that is what I'm up to. And the other thing that I've been trying to do this summer is get ahead of the curve with my designs. So I'm really trying to get ahead of the seasonal curve and have a number of designs that are ready to go out so that I don't feel like I'm always behind, which is how I permanently feel about my creative output and also about the way that I get designs out there. So I'm trying to get to a point where I'm kind of three to six months ready in advance of where the season is coming to. 
I'm almost there as well. So what I'm hoping is that I'll always have this like creative output banked up, ready to go out, and I'm not putting as much pressure on myself. We'll see if it works, but that's one of the things that I've really been beaving away at this summer is just trying to get designs banked up so that I've got stuff ready to go right the way through to the end of this year and I can do more design work. And part of that is if I'm not doing yarn shows, that's more design work, more stuff on social media, more stuff just actually being present for a wider audience, potentially more stuff for the podcast, more stuff for a new little... Um, idea that I it's not even an idea anymore, it's happening something else I'm working on that I will be able to tell you about shortly um, yeah, it just frees up my time to do things a little bit differently and be more creative which is what I'm here for, it's what I was put on this planet for, to bring creativity and positivity and joy hopefully, so that's what I'm going to be working on positivity and joy <laughs> Um, so that is it for quick news baits, which just leaves me with a big up. If you go to the show notes or if you see the front cover on the podcast, you will see that I have been using somebody as a model for my latest loads of designs. That model is my niece, Darcy. And um, I've always modelled my own designs or I've put them on my mannequin Claude and I've loved that. And uh, But it stops me from getting the photos that I really want because I'm trying to do too many things. And if I'm in the photo, I'm really self-conscious about my face, about how my body looks, about what I'm doing. And I realise that if I'm behind the camera, I have more creative control so long as I'm working with somebody that will do what I ask of them, politely, obviously, but I can have fun with them, and that is my niece, Darcy. And what it also means is I can still take photos of me in items, but I can show greater diversity in body shapes and um, ages by using Darcy as a model as well. So between the two of us, we are hopefully showing my designs off and how they can be used by different types of people basically um which is lovely it was an absolutely delight to work with Darcy we went tramping off into the cornfields together last week she spent maybe five hours with me taking photos of her walking about just testing things coming back making sure the light was right testing out different camera equipment um, different lenses all sorts of stuff taking little videos so we've got potential for Instagram reels and to show things off differently and she was just an absolute superstar and we have a lot of fun when we go out and do things and I think that comes across in the photos like we're both quite daft people and the daftness levels were going up and up and up I had her jumping off um, tree trunks and all sorts and it was we just had a lot of fun and uh, like she's beautiful Darcy is naturally good looking and I love that she doesn't wear loads of makeup and she just she just shines through in the photos. So I feel really proud that my little Darcy do is um, signed up to be my model. And we spoke about um, diversity, body diversity, um, racial diversity. And we, we had that conversation and um, she's very happy to be my model and for me be, to be able to 
show her off in my designs as she moves through her 20s. She literally just turned 20 last month, a month before. And she she's like, yeah, I'd love to be able to do that. And then if I have babies, <laughs> you will have to design lots of baby things. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's fine. We can do that. But um, she's signed on to keep on modelling for me. So hopefully I'll be able to show her moving through her 20s and keep on taking photos of Darcy doing bits and pieces for me with me as well moving through my mid-40s <laughs> so yeah that's my big up to little Darcy she just stormed it and um, she is not a professional model but and um, because of our relationship and the way that I can direct her and and she'll she'll try different things um, it was just really easy and lovely and I got the shots that I dreamed of which is oh, that's all I could hope for it goes back to what we were saying earlier I have this like really high bar of where I want my stuff to be and it doesn't always get there and by me being able to just concentrate on the photography and um, get Darcy to do bits and pieces I feel like I'm I feel like I'm getting there I was really proud of the shots that we got out so yeah right lovelies I think I am done. It's been lovely to spend some time with you. I hope you're all well and continue to be. I will be back on the 1st of October, so it's going to be quite a quick turnaround this time. Um, 1st of October for the next podcast. This may or may not appear on IGTV as well. I'm going to test that out. If it doesn't, it doesn't. It's not going to be on there. And if it does... It will be there. I'm just trying to find a way of reaching more people and making it easier because I know some people would prefer to watch this on IGTV than YouTube. So I'm going to test that theory out. I may or may not see be seeing you on Instagram TV. Um, we shall see. Right, until next month, have an amazing September and I will see you soon. Bye-bye. Obviously I'm waving. Bye-bye! my baby. Hello, little Swisher. Oh, you look like a sad sack. What is your problem, little boy? Nobody wants that.